Every man here knows your wife's name. Great name, right? Diane. Wow. But his name supersedes everything else that you can thank God. There's more power in the name of Jesus than all the power of this world, this whole universe. Praise God. I count it a great honor to be here in your church. Your church looks beautiful. Uh, you're building a new one. I know what you've gone through. I've been through this. And you're going to make it through it. You're going to be better. Thank you, brother. That's good preaching. I appreciate that. I was telling my wife last night, I said, my Lord, the way they're treating us here, I don't know if we want to go home. Always, always pray for your pastor and family. They need it. You have no idea, because they will never tell you all the things that they go through and experience that you don't need to know. And There's times he wishes he could tell somebody they need your prayers. Keep praying for them. God will give you the victory. That's for sure. I'll try not to preach too long. I mean, I, I got a two-hour sermon. I don't know. And uh, if I, I came from California, and if I operate on California time, we got plenty of time. Because it's only, uh, <laughs> it's only 10 minutes, 50 minutes of 10. And I'll let you out by noon. I promise you that. The only thing I ask, now I can, I can understand and I'll accept, you're reaching up and looking at your watch to see what time it is. But I will not accept putting that watch to your ear to see if it stopped. Now that upsets me. Brother O'Connell, thank you for allowing us to be here with you all today. Sister O'Connell, God bless you all. You're doing a great work. Keep it up. Just keep going. You love your pastor. Always, always, always. They need your love. They need your prayers. Every now and then, I want you to do something. Just go to the card store, somewhere, buy cards, and just pick up a card. No occasion, no event. Just pick up a card, send it to them, and say in there, we love you, and we're praying for you. Because that card, no doubt, will arrive at the right time when they need it. I know by experience that it happens that way. You've been standing for a while. I'm just going to keep you standing. I'm reading today from the book of Genesis, chapter 28. And uh, I'm going to start reading at verse 10. 28 and 10. Now, most of you know my wife. A lot of you know my wife's sister, Diane Lumpkins, at that time, right? Y'all knew her? Well, I rescued her. She lost her wonderful, wonderful husband, Rick Lumpkins, here in, in Arkansas. I was living in California, and I lost my wife of almost 55 years that we had been married. I lost her there, and let me tell you something. If you leave your hand, your, your life in the hands of God, there is no telling what God will do for you that you think is impossible. If I could tell you our story, and it's almost, it's almost something I'm almost to write a little book about, is our story, how God, 
people, when we tell them I'm in California, she's in Arkansas, the first thing to think about is internet. No, it wasn't an internet experience. It wasn't. I watched and you look back and you see God's hand moving here and God moving there and God moving here and God will do the same thing for you too. If you just give your life to God and let him work it out, it will always be right. Genesis chapter 28, and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went unto Haran. And he lighted upon a, everybody say it, certain place, certain place, and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place. Everybody say that place, that place. And put them for his pillows and lay down on that place to sleep. He dreamed, and behold, a ladder of the story. You know how it happens and so forth. Now down in verse 16. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in, say this place, this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. Verse 19. And he called the name of that place Bethel. That place, that place. Then I would like to go, please, to the book of uh, Luke, chapter 12, and verse 15. And he said unto them, Jesus speaking, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance, everybody say the things, of the things which he possesses. Now, Lord, we thank you today for your presence. We've come to your house, Lord, where you live. This is your home. This is where you're at. We thank you, Lord, because we know you're here, because we feel your presence. Now, I ask you as your servant to let your anointing rest upon us today and speak the words that you want us to. Bless these wonderful people, Lord, we pray that when we leave from here, we will be able to say, I was in the place of the house of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The title of this message today is not simply very things, places, not things, places, not things. Now, if you will notice in the reading of this, a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things. What things? He doesn't say. It's just things. You've got things at your home, haven't you? I've got things. I've been blessed. I've had a lot of things. I've lost a lot of things. Now, something about things is we have very little way of keeping things. And things are always changing. Now, some of you don't remember back when I was just a young boy. Because, see, you know, I'm 39 and (laughs) beyond. I remember when the one-inch neckties was popular. One-inch. Then he went through the four-inch ones. Then he went through the strings. I remember when bell-bottom trousers came out. Now, some of you don't know about that, but that was bell-bottom. Then I remember when pleats in men's pants came in. That time I told my wife, I said, let me tell you something. Pleats don't belong on men's clothes. They belong in women's clothes. You're not going to catch me with a pair of pleats in my pants. (laughs) 
Things come and things go. I have been robbed four times in my life. Yeah. I remember coming home from school one day where I was teaching at CLC in Stockton. Walked into the house and looked at the back straight through and I noticed the sliding glass doors going out to the patio in the back was open. Now, I don't leave that door open. What's it doing open? So I started walking toward it, looked down the hallway, and I saw all kinds of things in the hallway. I went into the bedroom, and drawers were pulled out, and things were laying in the floor. I had been robbed. Someone had broken into my house and stolen a lot of my things that I thought were so important. Things that you know you can't get along without until you find out you can get along without them. Stolen, gone. Some things are destroyed by fire, hurricanes, tornadoes, all kinds of means we lose things. And that's why the Bible tells us that's not life. Life is not things. One year later, I came home from, from school, opened the front door, and there it was. Things again. I remember as I walked in the door, and I, this is what I said. I hope you're still in this house. Because I was going to get him if he was there. My wife then said, what if you'd had a gun? I said, it would have taken more than one bullet to stop me. Because I was after him. He stole my things. I've been blessed in my life. I've had a lot of things. I was blessed. I love the fish. I was blessed of the 20-foot Cuddy Cabin boat out in, in when I lived in California. 20-foot long Cuddy Cabin, sleep six, and we'd go out sometimes during the Delta at night and spend the night sleeping out there fishing and everything. The name on my boat was Visitation. Blazing right across the back of it. Visitation. If they called the house and wanted to know where Brother Odell was, well, he's on visitation right now. I had a 16 by 32 in-ground swimming pool in the backyard whose name was Prayer. Is Brother Odell at home? No, he's in prayer right now. You can't be disturbed. My first car was a 1946 Ford, and it wore out. Before I got rid of it, I remember driving it from southern Illinois to Chicago, 300 and something miles, and it took 18 quarts of oil to get there. Halfway there, it froze up. The gas line froze up. Well, I know how to take care of that. You go get a grapefruit. Cut a grapefruit in half and stick it onto the fuel ejector there, and you can ride on. And here I come into Chicago with a grapefruit tied around in the front of my car and 18 quarts of oil spewing out the back. That was some of my things. I wish I had that 46 Ford now. It would probably be worth some money. But garage sales are big nowadays, aren't they? You know, we, we buy things, keep them for garage sales. I remember having a garage sale in California where people were coming by and buying my garage sale things so they can sell them in their garage sale. Now, that doesn't make much sense to me. But that's what happens to a lot of things. Now, the Bible tells us here that the rich man, he had, he had a lot of things. He had to, had to tear his barns down because he had so many things. 
But Jesus was quick to warn him, son, that's not life. That's not what you're living for. That's not, you, there, you need something besides that. Now here in the 28th chapter of Genesis, Jacob stops at a certain place, a place, unnamed, but just a certain place. And he says here, surely the Lord is in this place. Now in, in Genesis 31, just three chapters later, God has to come and visit Jacob again. Only this time, Jacob's really in trouble. He had been deceived by Laban and, uh, and, and his two daughters that Jacob was trying to marry the one and he had to work seven years for the one. Then he had to work seven years for the other one. And then they made agreement about the cattle and then Laban deceived him on that. And God has to come to Jacob. Jacob, and God, what's going on? Have you ever looked in life and sometimes, what in the world's going on? All the things are just not adding up. I'm not being treated fair. I'm not being treated right. But there in Genesis chapter 31, it's a different story this time. And here's exactly what he says. In chapter 31, get over there, Danny. And the angel of God spake to me in a dream saying, Jacob, he said, here am I. Lift up thine eyes and see the rams which leaped upon the cattle and look at all those things. Here's what God said to Jacob. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Jacob, do you remember when I visited you in that place? The most important thing you've got, Jacob, is a place where you can remember that God visited you there. And if God visited you in that place, he's going to take care of you in this place. Now, funny thing about this situation in chapter 31, God knows about his situation, but God never addresses it. Doesn't say anything about it. Doesn't say, Jacob, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. You'll get, you'll get your own cattle. He didn't even ask him. He just simply said, Jacob, remember the place? Remember how I visited you there? That's all you need. You just need a place that you know where God visited you. You got some places in your life that you can go back to and say, God, you visited me there in that place. And it is not things I need. It's a place I'm looking for. Hallelujah. Uh, oh, I got some places around. Let me tell you about some of them. Glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. Little Rock, Arkansas. Highway 30. I-30. At that time, it was the Comfort Inn. And I'm there for, as I came from Stockton, California, representing the college, coming to the campground. When booked in, there I was. I laid a day timer, which was, that was, that was everything to me then, because this day timer had all my addresses, it had all my appointments, had all my flight schedules, it had, had my whole life in that day timer. You that use day timers, you know what I'm talking about, you can't get around, can't get along with that thing. I went to the campground and came back and I needed to pick up my day timer and see what's going on. But it's gone. It's not on the table where I left it. It's not in the bathroom. I went out to the car to see if it was around anywhere and it wasn't in the car. I went to the front desk. The manager was there. I said, sir, I've lost my day timer. It's a little black day timer, about four by six inches. And, and have you seen it? Has it been turned in? He said, no, sir, it's not been turned in. I said, well, maybe it fell in the trash. Where do you empty your trash at? 
He said, well, we've got them all in bags out in the back. I said, please go with me. I got to find my day timer. We went out in the back, and, that, and I, here I am tearing bags open until I found the things that was in my room that I recognized in that bag, but there was no day timer. What am I going to do? Hmm. I went back to my room, sat on the edge of the bed and flopped back, and here's my prayer. God, I don't know where my day timer is. You do. Now find it. That's exactly how I prayed. Now you pray to God any way you want to pray. I pray to him as if I'm just talking to him. And if anybody else, I said, now you know where it's at, find it. And I did that, God. I don't know where my day timer is, but you do. Now find it, please. And immediately the phone rang. I picked it up, and the person there said, is this Reverend Odell? I said, yes, it is. He said, this is Bob's towing service. We have your day timer. I said, you have my day timer? He said, yes. I said, how did you get my day timer? He said, well, come on down here to the office, and we'll give it to you, and I'll explain it to you. Down there I went. How in the world does Bob's towing service have my day timer from the, holiday, from, from the comfort inn where I'm staying? And I said, sir, when I got there, how did you get my day timer? He said, well, you're not going to believe this story, but it's true. I said, what is it? He said, a family was driving through Arkansas in a brand new automobile. They were on, on a trip. And they're driving down the interstate there, and all of a sudden the engine shuts off. Just quits running. And he begins to coast over to the side. And he stopped there, and he tried. He could not get his car started, so he called us. I sent one of my drivers out there. He came there, backed up in the front of it. And he backed up to the front of the car. He happened to look down, and right in front of that car's bumper was your day timer. Now, I don't know about you, but I know a God that can do anything above all you could think about or anything. And if God is interested in a little daytimer, he's interested in your situation too. Praise God. And regardless, Brother O'Connor, what happens to me today, I go right back to that place. God, you're the God of this place. You'll be the God of that place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. They, places, not things. Things are not important, but places are. Places are very important. You're in a building program. Is that right? You're going to build a new church. Well, let me tell you something. I've been here. Pastor in the church in Johnson City, Illinois. We had 10 people. 10 people. Six on Social Security, two housewives, and two teenagers. I remember what it was. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, build a new church. Now, sometimes we preachers are nuts. Crazy. But all we know to do is do what God says to do. Sixty, 10 people. So I called the secretary, Sister Juanita Smith. I said, Sister Smith, how much money we got on all our church treasuries? She said, well, Brother Ola, we only got one treasury. I said, well, all of them. I said, she said, we got $68. What do you need? I said, well, we're going to build a new church. She said, Brother Ola, 68 is what I said, $68. We're going to build a new church, $68. Why? Because God is going to do it. You know how I survived that? I went back to a place 
Not money, not things, but I had some places that God visited me and took care of me there, and he did, it'll take care of you there. I don't care what you've got, Brother O'Connell, in the future. Your God that brought you here is the God that's going to take you there. <laughs> and when you get there, you're going to remember this place that God did it for you here. Hallelujah. What kind of a place have you got? You can have a new place today, my friend. That you can and God can answer your prayers for you. Places, the things. Why is it we look upon people and we judge their spirituality, judge their blessings of God by their possessions? In spite of what we think. We think a sinner in a Cadillac is more blessed of God than a saint on a bicycle. But he's not more blessed of God. He's just got some things. But that saint's got some places. Places. Ten people, $68. And when we went there and broke that first shovel in that ground, ten months and 22 days later, we moved into that church building totally debt free. Totally debt free. Hallelujah. I don't care what happens now. I'm just going to look back to a place that our God supplied every need that we had. It doesn't matter. I got some places. You need some places in your life at the same time. Praise God. I went to South Carolina. That was before Christmas for Christ and before anything that before we got. We didn't have a dime support while we went there to start a church. Spartanburg, South Carolina, 50-something thousand people. As far as we know, no one in the, in the town believed the oneness of God and all that. But God moved on me and we moved there. I moved in. And finally I found a little shotgun church about half the size of this one. Just a little shotgun thing. That, that, and we had a great crowd that first Sunday. We had me, my wife, and my son. I led the songs. I sang the songs. I led the prayer. I prayed the prayers. I took the prayer request. I prayed for the prayer request. I took the offering. I gave the offering. Well, that was us, three of us. And we had that little building, though. But right next door to it was the most beautiful landscape lawns. I mean, a big, big field owned by Mayfair Mills, Frederick J. Dent, the president of the Mills. And I got out there one day, and I said, God, we're going to build a new church right here. And I got down from that place, and I started praying. And here's how I prayed. God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Danny Odell. Every place that I put my foot on this ground, Lord, give it to us. We can't buy it. We don't have the money. Just a few of us. But every place that I put my foot, and I measured it off, walked all the way across. Yeah, this is where we're going to build. Who owns this land? I found out that Mayfair Mills owned it and Frederick J. Dent was the president and he has always said, everybody's come to buy it, wanting to buy it and his words were, it is not for sale at any price. Any price. Make a bid, I don't care. It's not for sale at any price. God, show him what you can do. I made an appointment with Mr. Dent and went over to his office. Big desk, big desk. I had drawn up plans for the building that I wanted to build. He said, he said Preacher, what can I do for you? I said, uh, Mr. Dent, we're going to build a new church. And I want you to look at the plans and 
tell me what you think about it. He looked at me and said, well, what's this? I said, well, that's this, the vestibule, and that's restrooms, and that's Sunday school classes, and this is the auditorium. This is he said, well, fine. Where are you going to build us at? I said, uh, <clears throat> you know where our little building is? He said, yeah, I know. I said, you all own that land right next to it, don't you? He said, yes, we do. And it's not for sale at any price. I said, Mr. Dent, I didn't come to buy that place. I come to ask you to give it to us. Not to me. You give it to my church. We want to build a building, a new church, on that place. On that place. Right on that place. I need a new place, Mr. Dent. And this is going to be my place in the future that I can tell the preacher, don't worry about it. You'll get a place and God will take care of you. If he did it on that place, he's going to do it on this place. And the God that brought you here, Mr. Den looked at me and said, what? I said, I want you to give it to us. We don't have the money to buy it. I want, that, I want you to give us that land. He leaned back and he said, you're serious. I said, yes, sir, I'm serious. Not to me. Don't give it to me. It's my church. You give it to the church. We sat there and talked for a little while. He folded it up, handed it back to me, and he said, Reverend, I'll get a hold of the, all the lawyers. We'll draw up the contract. The land is yours. Oh, a place. A place. A place. Brother Ola, do you really need something? Yes, I do. Then don't worry about it. Go back to that place. Where God answered your prayer there, God will take care of you here. Praise God. You may need a place today if you're here for a healing. God that heals us in other places, we remember it. I know what it was like, and God can bring healing to you, my friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, in 1 Samuel 17, turn there if you will, please. I'll try to find it here quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 17. The Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side. And uh, I've been to this place, the Valley of Elah there in Israel, so I know, I know where it's at. A little boy named David comes up. He wants to fight this giant. Well, <laughs> nice, David, but you're just a kid. And this giant stands nine feet, nine inches tall, nine feet and six inches tall, six, six cubits in span. Can you imagine fighting somebody that big and just a boy? How are you going to fight him, David? So Saul, the Bible says, who stood head and shoulders above all the rest of Israel, looks down to little David and said, David, are you sure about this? David said, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I can do it. I, I can do it. I, Hey, son, can you come here and help me preach for just a minute? Can you come here? Come here. Yeah. Okay, come on over here. Now, you're going to be David, okay? And I'm going to be Saul. Because Saul stood way above him. Saul said, David, if you're going to go fight him, then I'm going to give you some things. Stay right there. Now, I give you my garment, my shield. Then he gave him his helmet. Can you see out, David? No. Saul gave David a lot of things to fight the battle with. And David said, 
Saul, I can't fight with these things you've given me. Well, what are you going to fight him with? Well, get these things off of me. And he took them off of David. Says, oh, thank you, thank you. Thank you, David. You can go sit down now. There you go. So what are you, what, what are you, what are you going to do, David? Hey, David said, I know what. I don't have the things to fight him. But I remember a place where a lion came out after one of my lambs. And the Spirit of God came all over me on that day. And I took my bare hands and I killed him. Oh, let me tell you something, Saul. I think I feel the same spirit here that I felt in that place. And you know what? If you can find a place where the Spirit of God fell upon you, he can fall upon you today right now. Go back to that place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, oh yeah. The, the scriptures tell us, I'll, I'll try to close another hour here. I remember going to Israel. I've been there 29 times. March will be my 30th and hopefully my final trip. But a lot of things have happened while we went over there. Hmm. And we're in the garden tomb area. You remember the garden tomb there over there? There was a young lady that went with us. I'll call her Leslie because that was her name. <laughs> so I'm going to call her by her name. Leslie had her and her mother and her mother's friend and other than four of them together wanted to go to Israel, went to Israel with us. Got getting to know her and find out about her a little bit. Leslie was one, one of a, a very beautiful, she was a flight attendant for United Airlines when I first met her. And Leslie told me, she said, Brother Odell, we've all, my husband and I want a baby, but we can't have one. Doctors said, there's just no way. We're not going to be able to have a baby. We're standing there in the, in the, in the garden tomb area, and Leslie's over there by a tree. And I felt the Spirit of the Lord urge me, go pray for her. Got a couple of preachers that was with me. I said, come with me. We got to pray for Leslie. We went over there and in the name of Jesus. Wow. How powerful is that name? In the name of Jesus, open the womb of this woman, dear Lord. Give her the desires of her heart and let her have a child. Oh, you say, I've read that in the Bible. That's all Bible stuff and all of that. Well, let me tell you about a place. The garden tomb area in Jerusalem. In the name of Jesus, open the womb of this woman, Lord, and give her a child. We returned after the trip at home. About two months later, my telephone rang. I answered, hello. She said, Brother Odell. Whoa, she's excited. I said, yes. She said, this is Leslie. I said, yes, Leslie, how are you doing? She said, I'm doing great. And guess what? I just found out I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have a child. Oh, let me tell you, you're looking for something that's impossible. Go to a place where God gave you the impossible answer before. Praise God. And God of that place will be the God of this place. You're concerned about things. Yeah, we all are. I like things. I appreciate things. I appreciate good things. I just wish I could walk, shop somewhere beside Walmart, but I got Walmart things. 
Yeah. Places. Oh, I just, we work. We work shifts and extra shifts to buy things and grumble because the service goes long. And God is here to entertain you and give you a place. Has anyone here today can say, I received the Holy Ghost in this place? Any, anyone here? You did? Do you remember where you were at when it happened? Well, show me. No, you're wrong. It was over here. Are you sure it was right there? It wasn't back there? You can't talk people out of places. I don't care what you do. You know that place, don't you? You ever go back to visit that place? Yeah. Because what happened at that place? God fills you with his spirit. And you'll never forget this place. My friend, you may walk away from the church. You may backslide and go back to the, to the world. But you'll never forget this place. You'll never forget the day the hand of God reached down and touched your heart. You'll never forget the day he answered your prayer. You'll never forget the day he gave a miracle to you. It was in this place. Thank you. Thank you. Places. Places are so important. I remember the place I got the Holy Ghost. 1946 back in Abilene, Kansas in a little old shotgun building. Yes, you can't talk people out of that kind of a place. You're here today and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the evidence of speaking with other tongues. We'd like to invite you to a place that next week, next year, you'll be able to walk up and say, it was in this place right here that God heard my prayer and God answered it for me. A place, a place. My first wife died after she had six incurable diseases. We've been married a long time, almost 55 years. She's sick and she's in the hospital in San Francisco. I remember the day the doctor called me and said, this, go in here to the room, the intensive care room where your wife is. I've got something to tell the two of you. And we stood there. She came, the, the doctor came up and she said, I want to tell you now, Mr. Odell, she will never leave this bed. She's going to die here. Do you want us to put her on all the machines, to keep her alive and pro-life and all that? But she's not getting up. She's going to die right here. I remember looking at her and I said, Doctor, do everything you can to keep her alive. Not the machines. You do everything you doctors can do. And when you've done all you can do, back up. And I'm... I'm going to see what my God can do. God raised her out of that room and gave me three more years with her before she passed away. I can take you right to the place where the almighty healer of all healers came into a room and said, uh-uh, it's not time yet. It's not going to happen yet. If you're here today and you're sick and you need a healing touch, I'm, we're in a place that you can have this place where God brings a healing to your life right now. I'm a good survivor. Some of you know it from the internet and all of that, what I've just went through the last year and a half. In the hospital with COVID for 34 days. Two times the doctor said, we almost lost you. 
I remember one time he came, stood by my bed, and told the nurse, said, get him to ICU immediately, right now. Don't waste any time. Get him down there. And I said, doctor, what are you sending me to ICU for? He said, well, uh, they could take better care of you there rather than to tell me that we're about to lose you. But I got, you know what I got? I got a wife back at the house that's doing a prayer walk every day. In our home, you can go from the, the, the eating area, the den, walk through the kitchen, through the dining room, through the hall, back through the living room, and around. And every day, my wonderful wife here was making that walk. God, bring Danny home. God, you got to touch Danny. God, we got a place. <laughs> yeah. And 34 days later, I come out of that hospital. The doctor said, we almost lost you. This God that can heal, that has healed us in the past, is a God that can heal you today. If God is so concerned about a little daytimer, Brother Austin, why didn't God say, oh, don't fool me, bother me with that? Just a daytimer. Not to God. No, it's very important to God. I'm his child. And I need, to, I need to find my daytimer, God. God said, okay. Engine, shut off. I believe God shut the car down. Brand new car. And when, he, when they got him back to the lot, the tow service got him there, asked him what was wrong. He said, I don't know. It just quit. He said, well, crank it up. He said, I've been cranking it. It won't start even. He said, well, try it again. The man walked over, turned the key, and bang, it started right there and drove off. If God can stop a car exactly where the daytimer is laying on the highway, God can take care of you today. Care what your situation is. Get your emphasis off of things. Put them on places. Places. We're in the upper room in Jerusalem. Crowded. It was Easter time. And my guide, Elijah, looked in and came back and said, Danny, there's, the thing is full. The tourist is full in there. In fact, there's four other groups in there. And you, you're making five. So just go in and have a little prayer and get out. I didn't tell him this, but I said to myself, Elijah, I didn't come here to have a little prayer. I come never have a big prayer. He said, now go in. We walked into that upper room there. You remember where we were up there? We walked into that upper room, four other groups, five groups down in there. We all started singing. <clears throat> Pentecostal fire is falling. Praise the Lord, it fell on me. Remember that old song? Pentecostal fire is falling. Brother, let it fall on thee. We just are singing and worship. And I got to looking around and they're, they're all gone. <laughs> just my little group was in there and we're singing. Everybody's gone. My guide is sitting over by the door on a stool, shaking his head back and forth, back and forth. And I went over and I said, to, to, I was going over to see him and I happened to see would both of you stand up? Would you just stand up here, please? Now, would you stand up right behind them and just reach over and put your hand on their shoulders like that? Yeah. I started to walk over to, to Elijah, and I turned to look, and here's two of our people here, and there's a woman standing behind her singing the songs. And I said, ma'am, where are you from? 
She said, I'm from the island of Barbados. This is my third trip here to this room. The first time I came, I came to see it, tell an individual. The second time, I came to tell the group. This time, sir, I have come to tell you. And when she said that, all three hairs stood straight up. What? What's the message? She said, Jesus is coming very soon. Jesus is coming very soon. And I said, thank you, thank you. I turned and I said, I turned and walked over. I said, what's the matter, Elijah? He said, I can't believe it, what I've just seen. He said, we came in here and everybody left and nobody's come in this door and nobody has left this door. I said, Elijah, there's a lady, that lady right over. Did you feel somebody touch your shoulder? Did you feel somebody touch your shoulder? There was a lady standing behind her. Where'd she go? She was gone. She did not come in the door. She did not go out of a door. We had a heavenly visit that day. That the message from Jesus was, I'm coming soon. I want you to know today the message is still alive and real today. Jesus is coming soon. Whatever you plan on doing, you better do it quickly. Whatever you desire to do and you want to do, someday, preacher, I'm going to do it. Someday I plan on doing it. Everybody here comes with plans. Most of the time the plans are for future. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. You better do it now. He's coming soon. He's coming very soon. Jesus, what do you think about places or things? Okay, I'll tell you. In the book of John, Yeah, John, where are you, John? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Oh, John, don't disappear on me. Jesus said, 14 it is, John 14. Can you get that on the screen? John 14 and 2? Is it up there? Okay, you probably never noticed this before. We talk about going to heaven, mansions, streets of gold, gates of pearl, all the great things that it's going to be. Man, I'm going to have a mansion right on Glory Avenue and Hallelujah Street corner. I'm going to have mansions, big mansions. Jesus never did say anything like that. But listen to what he said. John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, that's true. And if it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. Heaven is not mansions. Heaven is not streets of gold and gates of pearl. Heaven is a place where he is. If heaven was a cornfield and Jesus was in the middle, it'd be heaven. Because he is what makes it heaven. I'm going to prepare a place for you that you can go to. It's going to be beyond figure. You can't imagine what it's going to be like, but it's a place. It's not things that I'm giving to you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. You can have a very special, special place here today if you want to. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, God wants to give it to you. We're coming into a season of giving and receiving. And the Bible tells us it's more blessed to give than to receive, and we believe that to to an extent. But it's really true. It is more blessed to give. 
and we're going to receive some things at Christmas. Isn't it funny how you can buy all kinds of toys for kids and put it in a big old box there and give them dozens of toys and they dump it all out and go play with the box. They do that. That's, that's the way it is. Things are not making us happy. It doesn't matter whether you're driving a Lincoln, a Cadillac, Mercedes, or a bicycle. You got to the house of God. You're here, and he wants to give you a place. You need healing? God can take care of that. Right here today. A place. Not things. A place, not things. We often refer to the Lord as Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Science, and so forth like that. And, uh, but we wonder sometimes. Jehovah is my banner, Jehovah Nissi. Exodus 17, 15 says, Moses built an altar to commemorate the defeat of the Malachites. And this is what it says. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. He called the name of that place. Jacob had an experience with God. The ladder ascending and descending. And Jacob said, oh my, I'll never forget this place. He got in trouble three, three chapters later in, in the Bible. He gets into trouble. God doesn't even address his present problem. Jacob, we're not going to talk about this today. I know you got troubles. I know Laban is really deceived you. I know, I know you. I know it's trouble. We could probably send, spend some time, Jacob, talking about all this stuff here. But Jacob, let's not talk about this day. Let's talk about that place of Bethel where I visited you. How precious is a place. More precious than things. I remember, I remember the place where I got the Holy Ghost. Little church in Abilene, Kansas, Friday night. Five of us, five young people, all received the Holy Ghost that night. Me, my brother, and my sister, and two others. I go back to Abilene every now and then because I used to live there. In fact, I was the newspaper boy that delivered newspapers to President Eisenhower when he was General Eisenhower, right to his house. And Diane and I went there not long ago. I said, I want, I, want, I want to go show you my place, Diane. Drove back to Abilene, went through the museum, went through all of that, and someone go down and find my house. Found the house where we lived in, and the little church is just down the street from it. It's a house now, but still the building is still there. Drove up, and I said, here it is. Right here in this little place right here. July 19, 1946 I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this place and the God of that place is the God that has kept me to this place and when I have problems in this place I just go back to that place I'm not going to fuss and argue about the things that's happening right now go back to a place and when you go back to that place it'll solve the problems of this place it take care of it. But pastor, 
I don't know your financial situation. Don't want to know. Don't tell me. I don't know anything about it. I don't know if you got $1,000 or $10 million. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the God that spoke to your heart and said, go to Jonesboro, is the same God that said, go over there and build. And if the God that did this, you've got to believe God is going to do that. You say, I don't believe. The Bible tells us. What if some did not believe? Does that make the, uh, the, the, the face of God, the will of God void? No, God forbid it doesn't do that. You don't affect it at all because we got some places that we can go to. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God will be with you in that place because he was with you in this place. I know you're going to go to him many times. God, what are we going to do? Funds are running low, Lord. Our funds ran low from 68 to down nothing. We didn't have any money. And we're still working. We're still building. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not feeding you some fairy tale. I'm telling you, honest to God's truth, the church is still there in Johnson City, Illinois now. 68 people, $68 and 10 people build a church. 10 months and 22 days later we moved into it totally debt free who did that? how'd you do that brother I didn't do a thing God did it he wanted to give me a place God looked in the future and saw where you're going to go to next pastor God knew that place was there God knew that was there brother Austin he knows that well God what are we going to do about this place God said oh shut up go back to the other place Let's not talk about this place. Go to that place. And if I did it in that place, he's going to do it in this place. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. I just saw on the news the other day that a certain preacher down in Dallas, I believe it is, plumber went in. To, yeah, remember that story? Got all that money. Got a toilet leaking. It's funny, just sometime before that, I think $600 million lost, 600000 something like that was lost. Don't worry about your bank account. God knows where the bank is. And if he owns the cattle of a thousand hills, he knows how to sell a few cows and put it in your, your bank account. How do you know that, brother? He took care of this place. He put you here where this place is. And if he did it here, He's going to do that. Places. Not things. Don't get caught up in things. Value places. Because that God is the God of places, not the God of things. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. What is life then? It's places. Places that God will take you. How many here today, in somewhere in your life, God healed you? Let's see your hand. God heals you. Hold him up. Hold him up. God heals you. Okay. Do you remember that place? Remember where that? Where, where, where was it at? At work. Yeah. And when you go past past, past that place at work. <laughs> 
Something happens, doesn't it? I remember this place. I remember this place. You might say, I, I, something spoke to me a while ago when you mentioned a name there of a man that had throat cancer. What was his name? Carl Vashon. I remember a place. Boonville, Mississippi. Bobby Icecraft's house. We had a neighborhood prayer meeting. And there was a lady invited there to that little prayer meeting. We all sat in a circle. I had heard about it before, so I sat down and I asked her to sit next to me. This woman sat right next to me. Diane, I don't know if I've ever told you this. And I started it off. I said, now what we're going to do, we're going to go around here. And we're going to say something about the goodness of God and what God's done for you. We'll start on this side. She's sitting right here. So it was, I'm on her last. So we went around. Talking about her. All around. And she said, I can't think of any big thing God's done for me. But I've got throat cancer. And I sure would like for God to heal me. And I said, okay. I said, put a chair out in the middle here. They put a chair there. Sat her down. I said, come on, folks. We're going to pray. We're praying. And all of a sudden, she started choking. <laughs> and everybody was, what's going on? What's going on? Keep praying. Keep praying. She spit up. Awfulest black water you ever saw in your life. Spit her right out on the floor. Come to find out later, that was her cancer. She spit that whole cancer up. The doctors declared her cancer free after that. Whoever you are, I want to tell you something. I know a place where God can heal cancer of the throat. And if God can do that somewhere in a little prayer room, Oh, yes, he can do something great for you today and make it a place for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's worship him. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Never underestimate the power of God and what he can do. Don't, don't underestimate. You see, I don't, I, don't, I don't see how that's possible. I didn't either. But now I got a place that I can take you to show you where it absolutely happened. Spit it out on the floor. Went to the doctor. The only time in my life I've ever run my hand through another woman's hair. A few months after that, the lady called me and said, Brother, can I, can I see you? Can you come over to my house? Went over to her house and she said, Brother Ola, feel, feel my hair. She said, Yes, go, go ahead. That's all. I give you permission. And I put my hand. I said, Yeah. She said, My hair started growing the day after the prayer meeting. The cancer was gone. The restoration of the hair was out. And she said, Now I got all my hair back. That's exactly what God can do in a place. Things. I want things. 
I got a Christmas list too. It's got one item on it, but I got one. I don't Things suddenly sometimes lose value. Places never do. Never lose value. You're here today and you need a touch of God. God can heal you today. He'll do it one of two ways. He'll perform a miracle and instantly heal you. Or he'll heal you, which means that from this day on, it gets better, better, better. A healing takes place. Don't give up on prayer. No. Because what does the song say? Even when I don't know it, he's working. Even when I can't feel it, hallelujah, he's working. Even when I don't know it, he's working. God is working in your life today. You're not here by accident. God brought you here today. You could be a hundred other places, but God says, no, I want you here because I got a preacher that I'm sending from Cabot that's going to tell you, you need a place to know where I can take care of it for you. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hands and praise you and worship you. Hallelujah.